Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. In my experience, this focus is misplaced because You have a business now focusing on finding cutesy words or memorable words or words that sound intelligent or sound artsy or creative. Anyway, the focus is more on the words and not on what they mean. And that is the second reason why these traditional statements don't work is because the words that you've put on the paper might sound impressive, but they don't mean anything. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow boundary breakers, let's dive in. Hey, hey, Boundary Breakers. You are listening to Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. It's the podcast that challenges you to forget the stale, outdated, and inflexible business strategies and embrace a new way of achieving success that leaves room for life in the process. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about why we recommend tossing your traditional mission and vision statements out the window. But first, as I am recording this today, my podcast, this podcast, just launched earlier this week. And I am blown away by the support that I have received. So thank you, thank you to anyone who's been listening so far. And I'd love to ask you a favor. If you have been listening to the podcast and you like even just one little thing that's made it into your ears, would you be willing to go to the platform that you listen to, which I think I I did some research on this, and I think Apple Podcasts is one of the only platforms that you can leave a review on. I'm not sure. Send me a message and let me know different. But anyway, would you be willing to leave a rating and review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so that others can find this content and benefit from it too? while we're at it and asking for favors, if you would be so willing to share one of your favorite episodes of the podcast with other women in business, I am making it my mission to help as many women in business as possible. In this episode, we are going to be covering three things. We're going to be celebrating and uplifting one of our fellow female founders, We're going to dive into the content of today's podcast, and then we're going to close with some deep thoughts from yours truly. Today's female founder that we are lifting up is one of my dear friends, Melina Palmer. 
Melina is the founder of The Brainy Business, and she is a decorated behavioral economist. And one of the things that is so inspiring to me about Melina is she sort of created her own path in life. So similar to me, when I started my college career and I was still kind of deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up, I kind of got fascinated by marketing, which is where I started my career. And one of the most fascinating things to me about marketing is what makes people buy the things they buy? Because as a marketer, that's your goal, right? And in order to achieve that goal, you have to understand how humans work so you can put more of that thing out into the universe to make people buy. So anyway, Melina realized that there was something here, but there really wasn't anything existing out there. There's not like a PhD in behavioral economics from what I can understand. So when Melina went to get her degree, what she describes to me anyway, and I'm hoping getting this right because it's not written anywhere. It's just through my conversations with her. She sort of put together all these different classes and created her own behavioral economics degree. And because it's so rare to have this sort of concerted level of knowledge out there, she's kind of on an island alone. And not only is she on this island as a behavioral economist, but she is one of the only women behavioral economists out there. And so we have to applaud that. One of the reasons behavioral economics is so flipping fascinating to me is because when you think about the reason that people do the things they do or make the decisions that they make, You think in terms of logical things that impact decision-making, but what behavioral economics tells us is that people don't make 95% of their decisions based on logic. They make those decisions based on the subconscious of the brain. And so what I want to share with you today is the book that Melina has just released. It is now available on Amazon. I believe it's coming out May 11th. So by the time this episode airs, it is going to be ready to ship into your little mitts. And it is called What Your Customer Wants and Can't Tell You. So it is out on Amazon. I had a sneak peek of the book. So I got to read it before anyone else. And I <laughs> I cannot wait to get my hard copy. I had to read it online and I cannot wait to get my hard copy because this is one of those books where you are going to take that yellow highlighter out and your little sticky tabs and it's going to be all over the book. The book is written incredibly well. She is a fabulous writer, so entertaining. So not only is this educational, but also entertaining. And one of the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I told Melina of all the things that I that stick with me about the book. I mean, they all do, right? There's so many concepts of behavioral economics and very simple tactics that you can apply in your business to help your customers make a decision. But one of the things that I cannot forget is that Barbie, yes, that Barbie, Barbie has a full name, like a first, a middle, and a last name. And you can find out what her name is by buying the book. You can also follow Melena. She has her own podcast called The Brainy Business. I love the podcast. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you are interested in applying more of the concepts of behavioral economics, you can 
jump into her monthly membership called the Be Thoughtful Revolution. B-E is capitalized because it stands for behavioral economics. Something that I'm looking forward to doing later in this year is going to Texas A&M Human Behavior Lab and looking into getting a certificate in applied behavioral economics. So anyway, Melina, I'm lifting you up today. You are amazing. All of my clients are getting a copy of this book because it is life-changing. It is time to get to today's content. Why do we at SheSuite recommend tossing your traditional mission and vision statements out the window? Isn't that crazy? It's like seriously one of the very very first foundational concepts of writing a business plan is what's your mission and vision? Can I just tell you a little bit about why those traditional mission and vision statements don't work? The first thing that I noticed as we've been working with clients over the years to get these mission and vision statements created is that there's too much pressure on us to find the quote, I'm using air quotes, the perfect words. They don't exist, first of all. In my experience, this focus is misplaced because you have a business now focusing on finding cutesy words or memorable words or words that sound intelligent or sound artsy or creative. Anyway, the focus is more on the words and not on what they mean. And that is the second reason why these traditional statements don't work is because the words that you've put on the paper might sound impressive, but they don't mean anything. And the third reason we found that these traditional mission and vision statements don't work is that they are not really at all connected to your big picture. So if we're not using traditional mission and vision statements, what are we doing instead? We are encouraging you to take a step back and think of the big picture of your business. What is the big picture? It is the purpose. It is the reason that you got into the business in the first place. And then the second thing we need to do is to focus on how it is that you are going to contribute to getting to your ultimate purpose. That's what we're going to do instead. Now, the hard part is, it's actually not that hard, but the hard part is how are we going to do that? And today, ladies, that is what we're going to tell you. We're going to share a little bit about our methodology that we use in the business blueprint to get to an impactful, meaningful, relevant mission and vision. Only we are not calling them a mission and vision. We are calling them instead your purpose and your focus. Because to us, purpose and focus is more descriptive of what these statements actually do for your business. So one of the very first things we do with clients when we are talking about the purpose and focus of the business is we have a little brainstorming session and we ask our clients to think about the big picture of the business. Now, one of the challenges we have when we're encouraging clients to think about the big picture is getting them to actually see the big picture. Because so often we get stuck in the small picture and the small picture is the confines 
of what is us individually or the confines of what is our business. So a lot of times when we start off on this big picture conversation, our clients are talking to us about the business is this, the business is that, the business is going to do this, this is where the business is going to be. All of that is incredibly important, super important, really. However, we are thinking in terms of your future. So if you can imagine a world where you are successful at your purpose, imagine a world outside of your business. If you could wave magic wand and be successful at your purpose, what does the world look like? What does your community look like? What do your customers experience? That is super big picture. Write that down. There might be 10 to 12 things that are changing or happening across the planet if you are successful. We want to get away from this idea of thinking that you are physically doing something to make these changes but more of like the downstream effects of this. And, and this is something that we're really good at helping you think about. So you can always raise your hand and ask for help. Hint, hint. Okay, so we write those down and we it's a brainstorm. So there's no right or wrong answer. So you write those down. And then the next phase of doing this purpose is to connect the dots of the big picture. So you need to look at those statements that you made, how the world is going to look if you're successful. And you need to find some patterns. You need to find some things that are kind of repeated over and over in different ways. You need to connect those dots somehow. Not every single thing that you wrote down in your future vision list needs to be part of your purpose statement, but you need to find the things or find ways to talk about those things in a general manner. And that becomes your purpose statement. That is what you exist on this planet to do. Now that you have this purpose statement, we need to talk about the focus. Now, the focus is what some of you might call your mission. And the focus is when you think about that big picture, your purpose, what part of that purpose are you contributing to physically? How are you getting the world from point A to point B, which point B is your purpose? So what the focus statement helps to do is exactly what it says. It helps keep you and your team focused on your part in your purpose. It helps keep you focused and it helps you stay in your own lane. Now, another thing that we see a little bit of when we're creating these focus statements is a little bit of scariness, like what happens if I want to go in a different direction down the road? One of the things that you can do with this focus statement is think about that. What are some of the different directions that you might go down the road? And you can create your focus statement in a way that allows you some flexibility to manipulate your direction a little bit. And the other thing we want you to remember is that none of this is always set in stone. These things are things that you should be reviewing on a regular basis, and you can be tweaking them based on the market, based on your life, based on anything. They can be tweaked. 
So that is our methodology of how we get our clients to these really impactful, meaningful purpose and focus statements. What's most important, rather than just getting to the words, is how you use it and how you apply it in your business. So the focus and purpose statements are used when you create your company values. It's used when you are writing your brand story. It's used when you're creating quarterly plans or any kind of plan anyway. Any kind of next steps in your business are tied to directly your purpose and focus. Finally, you use it when you make decisions because you need to be able to bump all of your decisions up against your purpose and focus statement and say, does this fit with the direction that we're headed or the direction we should be headed? So to wrap this up quickly, I want to encourage you not to get caught up in the words of your purpose and focus statement. Don't get caught up in finding cutesy words or making meaningless statements. The idea behind the purpose and the focus is more about defining your direction. And this, the second thing I'm going to reiterate is be sure to think big. Think outside of yourself. Think outside of your company. Think outside of what you are tangentially touching. This is your big picture. Decide what's in scope and what's not in scope. This is how you the, how you keep your focus. And I want to wrap up by inviting you to download our company persona template, which is specifically created to help you craft your purpose and focus statements. And you can find that and download it at she-sweetboutique.com backslash breaking boundaries. And we can put a link in the show notes. Okay, I want to wrap up today with some deep thoughts. This was a conversation that we had over on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago that really kind of stuck with me. And not only was this something I've been thinking about in terms of the conversation we had on LinkedIn, but I've been thinking about it in terms of my own marketing and my clients' marketing. And that is, does it work or is it appropriate to give things away for free? Now, when I'm talking about giving things away for free, I'm talking about when you see offers for free product or master classes, free webinars, join our free Facebook group. So anything that you are offering that is free. The idea behind offering these free things is that you're giving people a taste of what it's like to buy from you or a taste of what it's like to work with you. They are great list builders because anybody who gets your free thing, they obviously get that typically in exchange for their email address. So you're using this as a list builder. Now, the argument we were having, and when I say argument, I just mean the debate. Let's call it a debate because we weren't really arguing. We were very supportive. But the debate we were having on LinkedIn is that a lot of times when people access your free things, your free content, your free product, your free offer, your free class, whatever it may be, some people have a sense of entitlement with that free thing. 
And it always leaves me scratching my head like, here's this free thing, but now you feel like you've downloaded my free masterclass. And if I, you know, didn't give you something that you think you're entitled to, you feel like you can come attack me or give me a bad review or whatever it may be. I mean, this is kind of some of the stuff we were talking about. So I'm just sitting here thinking, when does it make sense to give things away for free? And so I would love to hear your experience or any data that you have about free stuff, because logically, my brain is saying free stuff is a great way to build your list. In fact, I give away a free thing on this podcast. If you download my company persona template, I get your email address. And there you go. There's your free thing. And then you get put into my newsletter. So every time I release a podcast episode, you get an email previewing what we're talking about. Hint, hint. So we give the thing away for free, but are we building the right list? So it makes a lot of sense that when we give something away for free, we are potentially attracting people who don't ever want to pay for stuff. We are attracting people who maybe don't see the value in what we're offering. We're attracting people who are looking for DIY solutions. And so when you think of that list that you're building, are we building it with the right people? And a lot of times giving stuff away for free diminishes the value of what we have to offer. So if you think of a masterclass, for example, you could give away a free masterclass and you could get the names and emails of all the people that attend your masterclass or... You could charge a little bit of money for that masterclass. Maybe it's $27 or maybe it's $40 or whatever. It's a really low cost entry, but you know that the people who are attending that masterclass are higher quality leads because they know there's some value in what they're going to be getting and they're going to be more engaged leads. And the same thing applies for a product. If I see an ad for a free, I'm going to be using a razor because for some reason, I think I've seen this somewhere before, but we will send you a free razor. All you have to pay for is shipping. So I get your razor and all I wanted was the free thing. I'm never had no intentions of ever becoming an actual customer. So these are just some things to think about. And I want to know what you think or what your experience or what your data tells you about giving away things for free. Is there anybody out there who's willing to experiment, do kind of like an A-B test where on the A side, we're totally giving things away for free. And on the B side, we might have less leads, lower list signups, but higher quality customers. I would love to see what what happens when we try that. We are ready to wrap up today's episode. And I want to invite you to come join me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Casey Gromer on LinkedIn. I'm always up for great conversations on LinkedIn. And I need somebody to help me figure out this LinkedIn algorithm. I've been talking for a couple of weeks about the absurdity of the LinkedIn algorithm. And so if you want to come join me over there, we can commiserate about that. I'm also on Instagram. And you can find me at Casey underscore Gromer on Instagram. All right, ladies. 
This wraps up the episode, and I want to remind you to get out there and break some boundaries. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.